You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Bryson, what a disappointing loss. High hopes for this team coming in. Uh, playoff contention. Still in it now, but uh, just fell flat. We both were at the game, and I felt like we had it. I really did. Go- coming into that weekend or this past weekend, and you know, Steelers, the home – really a Steelers home crowd, which is pretty pathetic, but let's discuss a little bit. It was, it was a, it was a tough pill to swallow after coming off of back-to-back wins and really a statement win in Seattle. Yeah. I mean, everybody heard last week's episode of, of uh, me being very confident and saying that the Panthers were going to win by two touchdowns. Uh, Just this team is just a roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down every week and just don't really know what to expect from this team. And uh, I'm sure the owner, David Tepper, was not happy to lose to his former team uh, that he was a minority owner with to get embarrassed at home to, like you mentioned, a home crowd of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, probably at least 60-40 in favor of Steelers fans. It was – I mean, I was outnumbered in my section uh, in – and Steelers fans were talking like it was, you know, it was their home stadium. So just disappointing all around. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be really hard for Wilkes to bounce back, bounce back in Tepper's eyes from this loss, especially to a Steelers at home uh, with a losing record, with a backup quarterback in. Uh, I mean, there were just were a lot of short, shortcomings from the team uh, this past Sunday, starting with the defense that just was non-existent for most of the game. Uh, Brian Burns, pretty much non-existent. Um, Derek Brown, pretty much non-existent. Jeremy Chin can't cover. I mean, it, it, they just weren't good top to top to back end of, of the defense. Um, couldn't stop the run all day. Mitch Trubisky was at will passing against them. Keith Taylor had one of the worst games that you could imagine a corner having. Uh, we've seen that a couple times over the past couple of years. Uh, here in Carolina with Benet Benwickery versus Julio Jones. Everybody remembers that game. But, uh, but yeah, just with the defense, um, what are a couple of points that, that you had, uh, I guess, that you saw on Sunday? Yeah, they just lacked physicality, like, across the board, offensively and defensively. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine when, you know, they played pretty stout up front on both ends of the ball against Seattle, and then they came out and just – it looked like they didn't they weren't ready for them. Yeah. Um and which was really disappointing because I felt like, you know, those guys really had like I said about 2 minutes ago a statement win and then for them to come out so flat on home which they've been, you know, pretty successful under Wilkes at home recently at Bank of America Stadium and they just they didn't come out and, you know, they didn't play the way they've played in the past few weeks, you know, the both line of scrimmages got bullied around and pass rush was non-existent. I believe they had one sack all game. 
Brian Burns was non-existent. I mean, he had some good plays against run defense, um, but no, you know, limited pressures. I think they had like five or six pressures all game, which is not good at all. Yeah. Um, and that was disappointing. You talked about it. Keith Taylor was trash. He should have been benched in that game. The problem was is they really didn't have anyone behind them, behind him to put in. But he was, I mean, they clearly saw weakness. And he's had some glimmers. I mean, he's shown, you know, progress this season. He's had some good pass breakups in games. And against Atlanta, he had a third down, a key third down pass breakup. But, I mean, last week he was getting picked on. And you could just tell it. And it was bad. And there was really nothing they could do because – C.J. Henderson was hurt or didn't want to go back in the game. I don't know what do you want to make of Wilkes' comments today, but yeah, it was frustrating because the defense has been a focal point, and there's a lot put on them. I understand that. You know, you hold a team to 24 points. I mean, that's that's still not a blowout. You know what I mean? So there is a lot put on them, and they have to perform. And this team is, you know, banking off of them. And it's just like they're banking off the run game. And it just was not there. Steelers came out and, you know, just took them to the woodshed. I mean, they were in the lead the entire game. It wasn't a blowout, but it was defeating, you know, defeating coming off of a big win in Seattle to have a second string quarterback who I think is trash. And, come out and just put up these long, methodical 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives and just burn the clock and run it down their throat and make the passes on third down. It pissed me off. It really did. It was frustrating as hell. Yeah, they played Carolina's game uh, better than Carolina did. I mean, uh, they did exactly what Carolina wanted to do. Uh, You know, Foreman only had uh, 10 carries. Chuba only had four. Um, Sam Darnold had two, but uh, I guess shout out quietly. Sam Darnold did have another good game. Uh, so he stacked three three good games in a row. He had two, 225 yards passing, a touchdown, and his uh, passer rating was 108. Uh, he was sacked four times. The offensive line was not good on Sunday. One of the worst games they've had all year uh, in the run game and in pass protection. Just seemed like Sam Darnold was under constant pressure. So hoping that's an adjustment that they make coming into this week versus the Lions, you know, allow Sam Darnold to pass the ball more. He has – I mean, he looked competent versus the Steelers. He, I mean, when, when they let him drop back and pass and and really gave him a, a chance to show what he can do, he looked decent. So uh, I, I think that they need to rely a little bit more on that, especially when the run is, is just not there. I mean, it, uh, Dante was getting tackled behind the line. It seemed like every time he touched the ball and Chuba, Chuba too, but – uh, just a very disappointing game, top to bottom, and uh, by the freaking skin of their whatever, they're still in the, the playoff race. Uh, thanks to the Bucks losing to the Bengals, and um, you know I'm not sure if this is a team that deserves to be in the playoffs or not, but uh, they very well could be hosting a playoff game <laughs> at eight and nine. Um, and um, if it's the Cowboys, you know who who the hell knows what can happen, but. Uh, just really, I, I, it's like you're. We're in such a weird position right now. Like it, like it was. What year was that? When we were seven, eight, and one. Was that twenty fourteen? Fourteen. Um, 
yeah, like it's just you're I mean, you're excited that your team potentially can make the playoffs, but you know what your team is ultimately. You are what your record says you are. And it it's just so up and down with this team. I would be worried to see what kind of performance we would get on a national stage in a playoff game. Yeah, it, it's a really a roller coaster. Um, I mean, we were at the highs and, you know, the loop-de-loops of the Seattle game, you know, playing more than likely a playoff team and going into a hostile environment on the road and winning and then coming and playing a second-string quarterback who really probably wasn't looking at playing the rest of the season unless, you know, you see the injury to Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky comes in and just he led the offense and won the freaking game, which yeah. is insane. Um, I did want to talk. You mentioned it, the offensive line. One of their worst games um, in a while. And, and they've played well up to this point, but they struggled across the board. I mean, every guy struggled. Um, they just, again, I think it uh, – like I said before, and I hate to keep reiterating, it was physicality. It just, they didn't seem like the same team that came into Seattle at all. Um, and I don't know if that was, you know, they had a, I guess it went to Ben a shorter week. Would it have been? No, it went to Ben. <laughs> um, but they had the off day. That's what it was. They had the victory yeah. Monday. Um, and I don't know if that played into it at all, but um and hopefully they can kind of get back to that this week, and we'll talk about that later. But it just seemed like they just – I don't know. It wasn't the same team that I've seen the last couple of weeks. And we've seen those fluke games. We've seen – I, I don't know if you want to call it fluke, but just, you know, unlike they've been playing, you see the Cincinnati game. I mean, they just got embarrassed. And then they had those bounce-back games. Uh, they came back. They, you know, they played well. Uh really should have won the Baltimore game, didn't. And then, you know, they stacked a couple wins in a row there with Denver and Seattle. So just uncharacteristic, it seemed like, for this team, uh, physically-wise, just physicality. Um, where else was I trying to go with this? Um, oh, fans. I wanted to talk about the fans a little bit in this game um, because, man, I get it. Um, I understand Carolina is a, a newer team, roughly give or take 30 years old. Uh, a lot of fans prior to Carolina was obviously not a fan of this team. They liked other teams, um, but it is embarrassing going into a stadium when you are in playoff contention and you are literally outnumbered like three to one in a stadium. I mean, I guess that's what it felt like for me, and I'm, I know it felt like that for you. It was, it was sad. It really was, and I, I've become accustomed to it, which is even worse. Um, to you know, here we go again. You know, just a bunch of fans surrounded, surrounding you, and I get it. I'm, I have seats on the away side, but it is, it is tough to go into a stadium that is supposed to be your home, and you are the away fans. It is fucking tough. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it's almost a weekly occurrence in Carolina. So uh, this is what we've been asking for is meaningful games in December. And while we may not have a winning record, we were playing decent football up to the point of this past Sunday. And I was expecting a, a better crowd than what I saw, honestly. And it was disheartening. But 
Uh, I mean, tickets were more expensive than normal, and that was, you know, partly in part to the Steelers fans buying up the tickets probably, you know, the August before the season started um, to come to Carolina. But that fan base does travel well, and um, that was probably the worst I've ever seen it in Carolina. Uh, I don't remember a game that was more – uh, I was outnumbered more than I was at that one uh, this past Sunday. So yeah, I'd say it was worse than that 49ers game, and that oh, 49ers yeah. one was bad. Way so. worse, way worse than the 49ers. I mean, it was three to one. I mean, I I think that's a fair estimate. It was three to one in favor of Steelers fans. It was crazy, uh, but you know they they left Channing, and uh, unfortunately, again, uh, another game I go to, I am not able to leave and chant uh, that we won. So that was my last home game this year, and uh, that that sucks. But um, hopefully things are are brighter, and um, in the near future I'll be able to uh, to to get to cheer on my way out. Yeah, and I I would like to know, and I, I mean I'm sure there's polls out there, but I swear asshole fans just come from Pennsylvania because the Eagles. I've been to an Eagles Packers game, and they were pretty fucking bad. Yeah, and I, I, Green Bay ended up losing that game. I went to, I believe. They were pretty awful. Um, Pittsburgh fans were damn near up there or worse. They were terrible. Um, I get it. I I get the slander and everything. I understand it. You're an away team. I, I, I do the same shit. But some of the shit that was said on Sunday was just ridiculous. Um, and I just wanted to put their out, out there for our listeners. I thought they were terrible. Um, as away fans, and I've been almost at every single home game this year, and they were pro- they were definitely the worst out of everyone. So, hate Steeler fans, and yeah. I know I know Amen. that's one. I think that's your most hated team, and that's it's risen up my charts off of that after that game. I mean, there yeah. were there were some pretty nasty fans, and I, I get it. There's some others, other other Pittsburgh Steeler fans out there that are cool too. But yeah, one of my least least favorite experiences as far as a away fans go um and it doesn't also you know help the fact that this team has just been shit these last four years it doesn't help when your record sucks you're not going to have fans go to the stadium yeah and it's hard to convince people to spend 120 dollars on a you know a nosebleed seat to go watch a team that's been shit for the last four years but it's definitely disappointing to see that um TJ Marshall, let's talk about him. I feel like he had a good game this week. Terrence Marshall? Yes, I'm sorry. Did I say TJ Marshall? <laughs> you Jesus. think TJ was. <laughs> He's Ter- so Ter- Terrence Marshall, yeah. He had a good game this weekend. He had a couple good catches. Um, was hoping, I think he had a deep shot that Sam missed. Would have been nice for him to come down with. Um, but overall... Are you talking about the pass interference? Because I don't think I don't think Sam missed it. I think it was that's more, what it was. Yeah, that's I think it was, was more of the pass interference itself because uh, Terrace ha- had a chance at that ball, but yeah, he, he, he was pass interfered with. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's really asserting himself as the number two receiver beside DJ Moore, and it's something I've been wanting for a while, and I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Uh, you know, he really he has elite jump ball skills. Um, he's fast. Uh, great hands. I mean, he has all the tools to become that number two fringe fringe wide receiver one type guy in Carolina. I truly believe that. So uh, DJ Moore and, and Terrace are definitely 
it, you, you know, you definitely have a bright future in your wide receiver room with those two guys, and we just got to get them a quarterback. And I think once we get them a quarterback, they're going to flourish even more. Yeah, talking about DJ, too, a little bit, do you think he's going to get the 1,000 yards this year? He's had three three straight season, three straight 1,000-yard season. I think he's pushing about seven, uh, close to 700. I don't think he's at 700. Three games left. That's gonna be I tough. think it's going to be tough. I really do. I don't know if he gets it this year. Thanks, Baker. <laughs> One last parting gift. You, you ruined DJ Moore's streak. <laughs> what is he at? Let's see here. Six seventy-eight, yeah. So he's just he, short. Yeah, he's he's going to need you know hundred hundred a little bit more than hundred yards a game. Uh, and I just you know maybe versus Detroit, he does have a good game because it's going to be a shootout if we have if we want to have any chance. But uh, you know with against the Bucks and the and the Saints, I just I don't know. It's going to be tough, and um, hopefully they try to feed him because the more that DJ Moore is involved in the offense, the better chance you have of having a successful offense. So. Maybe that that helps, but I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. Yeah, and what's it, what's kind of funny about it all, and kind of ironic, is he has his he has the most touchdowns he's ever had in his career in a season right now. He's got five. He's yeah. never topped four prior to this season. So kind of interesting. Uh, he had a really good catch this weekend. A nice throw by Sam. You know, sideline in the end zone, just toe tapping. Beautiful throw by Sam Darnold. Never thought I'd say that this year. Beautiful throw, Sam Darnold. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. But no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think. I mean, he could, he might get six or seven touchdowns before this year's over with. I mean, I hope it's more than that. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I know he's had a thousand the last couple seasons and he might fall short of that mark this year, which is. Kind of sucks because he has dealt with his fair share of, you know, shit quarterbacks and has found a way somehow to get that a thousand yard mark. Um, yeah, enough about him. Let's talk about Steve Wilkes a little bit and then we'll get into the preview of this game this weekend. Um, but an article came out this week. I think it was yesterday. It was updated this morning. So maybe it came out today. I'm not sure. Maybe they added to it, but it was through the Charlotte Observer. And it kind of gave some insight, which we haven't seen up to this point, into Steve Wilkes and the future, which I thought was interesting. Um, because up to this point, we haven't seen much of that. And this is through, you know, their sources. But um, let me see here. I got to make sure I have this right. Oh, here it is. So in the article, it says quarterback is... Uh, I mean, this ain't breaking, this ain't rocket science, but quarterback is Steve Wilkes' top prior is on the top of his priority list. He wants to identify a long-term answer at the posi position, and that target needs to possess, quote, dynamic, end quote, traits. And that's according to a league source with knowledge of Wilkes' offseason plans. So kind of a hint into the future that we really haven't got up to this point, which I thought was interesting thought the timing of it was interesting. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, just that, you know, little synopsis, what I just gave was, you know, Wilkes is definitely eyeing a QB. Um, if he does, in fact, strip the interim takeoff of his uh, position. Yeah. And I think, 
the quote uh, that really sticks out is, is his quote on what he's looking for in a quarterback is that dynamic trait. And to me, what, when somebody says dynamic, it, you know, it means more than one area uh, that you are proficient in. Um, so for a quarterback, that screams somebody that it can run the ball and can pass the ball. Uh, to me, at least, uh, I think he, you know, he's he's been around with Cam Newton um, in the past, so he's he, he probably likes that style of play. Um, you know, everybody knows about Anthony Richardson coming out of Florida, uh, a quarterback that has the dynamic skill traits that uh, I believe Wilkes is talking about. And then who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson and his contract situation? Uh, maybe that's something that Wilkes is considering and 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 talking about right there. Obviously, I think. If you could get Lamar Jackson in Carolina, you do whatever the hell it takes to get him. Uh, Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and an MVP. So uh, you pay him whatever contract he wants and you trade the Ravens whatever picks they need to get him in Carolina. But uh, I think that that that's what I take from that. I, I you know I obviously don't have any um, any sources or anything on that. But uh, considering what he said and what and how it was quoted, that's my takeaway from from that story. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All right, well, we stunk it up last week. Bryson and I both taking Carolina over the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover. They ended up losing that one. This week, Bryson is taking it solo. He is taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are favored by one over the Jets. He's going to take the Jaguars in this one to beat the Jets and cover. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Yeah, I've seen that. I also think it could just mean, you know, a dual threat. You know, someone who's got a run game to his QB play. Um and someone who can make, you know, those splash plays. And I think there's a few guys in this draft that can do that. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because this might, you know, shed a little light into, you know, there's a possible, you know, real possibility Wilk sticks around. I don't know why this report comes out otherwise. If, if, if there wasn't hints at that, um, I know he's gained, you know, support from some of the national media outlets, obviously a lot of people in this fan base up to this point. Um, so I definitely think it's, it's, it almost seems like it's hinting at something to me at least. Um, and I also think it's kind of telling, and there's a lot of folks out there, you know, Mackerel. I mean, they, they traded yeah. up for him. They, they, they gave assets from this year, you know, was it? Yeah, they gave assets from this mm -hmm. year, right? Yeah, to yeah. this year to go up and trade up and get him uh, from New England. And, you know, that's kind of the writing on the wall of, you know, they might still give him a shot, but it, I mean, it ain't given. So 
that's also telling to me because, you know, that guy had some promise and for, even from me, I think, I think, I still think he's, he could get to a point where he could be, you know, a, a potential franchise quarterback, but you know, up to this point, we haven't seen that and the injury has kind of set him back a little bit. And I, I definitely think they need to take another shot at that position, but I think it's telling to him. And I don't know if that's going to ruffle some feathers because I know when they brought Baker in, Scott Fitter had, you know, you know, talked from reports that he talked to Corral to let him know, like, we still think you're the future. So obviously I think a lot of things are going to change if they do bring in a coach anyway um, with that position. But I just think it's interesting for, you know, the Matt Corral QB one camp uh, of the fan base that, you know, they're not settled and, and nor should they be. I mean, I agree with it. I mean, take throw, take your shots. Both of us have been saying that the last, you know, month and a half, two months, really since Matt Rule has been fired, is take your shot at quarterback in this upcoming draft. I don't think there's any other position you touch in the first round, and I'm going to keep pushing that because I am tired of seeing people talking about a defensive player. It's not that time. You got to find your fucking QB1. And yeah, you it's got, the you, draft to do it. Yeah, you got to throw as many darts at the dartboard um, as you can at that position that you've been lacking for five, four or five years now, and it's really been the detriment of the franchise. So uh, it's really time to solve it and quit dancing around it and trying to patchwork it with these, you know, veteran free agents and stuff. So it's 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 time to, to draft the quarterback this year, and none of this wait till next year. Which, I, you know, I'm a Tar Heels fan, and I love Drake May, but. The time is now to take a quarterback. And if, if the quarterback doesn't work out, then guess what? You'll be in position to take Drake May next year anyways. So uh, the time is now. I, I 100% agree. And I do think that there will be a training camp battle between Matt Corral and whoever else they bring in. And and that'll be good for, for both of those guys. And if Matt Corral beats out the rookie, then – which Matt Corral will essentially be a rookie anyways too. So if, if he beats him out, then so be it. Matt Corral earned the job and – you know, the worst thing that can happen is you you wasted a first round pick, but you got to you have a franchise quarterback. So I, I don't think many people will be too upset with that. Yeah, um, that's all that fucking matters. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, with the article coming out, you know, I think it is being considered in Carolina. Tepper is considering to keep Wilkes long term. Obviously, you've had to up to this point based off this the success he's had and working with what he the roster that he was left, but you know, if, if Wilkes comes out and loses the next three games or goes one and two, I don't think that Wilkes is sticking around in Carolina. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of people that, that do like him, but uh, you know, if, if Wilkes comes out and, you know, makes playoffs, I don't think Carolina has a choice, but to, but to keep him, but you know, with the performance that we saw this past weekend, nobody has a clue how we're going to finish the season. I, I don't, you don't, nobody does. So uh, it's being considered, but I don't think any decisions have been made up to this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I haven't really, you know, put out an opinion or one way or other if they should keep him because I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Why? No fan should be forcing anyone to say should he have the job now or not. It's just there's no reason to it. Let yeah. the season play out. There's no rush. He ain't going anywhere. And you know, and if they finish well, and he, you know, he they're itching playoffs or, you know, get into the playoffs. Sure. Why not? But like, 
there's no rush. There ain't no, you don't need to put a stamp on it just to be right. Like it's, it is yeah. what it is. Let them, let them finish and, and we'll, we'll figure it out and I'll give an opinion after the season. But up to this point, you know, just, I'm kind of riding the roller coaster. I mean, it is. There's some loops in there too. I mean, we're going up, we're going upside down a couple of times. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I definitely, I wanted to throw that out there. And another guy, I mean, while we're on the top of coaches, another guy threw it out there this week. And I know you like him is, you know, the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. We're going to see him this week. We're going to get a pretty damn good look at him. Yeah. Coming into Carolina. And he's been talked about. I know it's his first year as an offensive coordinator, but I mean, he's got the Jared Goff led offense playing in top five in the league right now. Uh, pretty good damn offense. And they weren't like that at the start of the year. They've kind of been up on this, you know, high rise peak here in the last, what, 10 weeks, it seems like, or six, seven weeks. And they, you know, he's got that offense playing well, and the Lions team overall has been playing a while. So, Guy to look at. He's got ties to North Carolina, played ball at Asheville, was a walk-on at UNC too. So something to think about. I know he's young. I don't know if Tepper goes that route. I th- I feel like he would take – I feel like it's too risky of a move coming off of Matt Rule to maybe go that route and he goes with someone a little bit older, um, more of you know the, the Philadelphia Eagles OC or even Buffalo's OC with just his experience in the league, but just something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that I think that this game could be a a uh, um, basically a performance between each Wilkes and Johnson for the – a tryout was the word I was looking for – for the uh, head coaching job in Carolina between the two because Ben Johnson is without a doubt one of the – going to be one of the top head coaching candidates this offseason coming in. I mean, he's he is the offensive – the young offensive genius, the Mike McDaniel, the Sean McVays, uh, that teams are looking for. Uh, he has Jared Goff playing like a top five quarterback in the league right now. He has the Lions offense humming on all cylinders. The Lions are going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be a team that nobody wants to play. Um, they are exciting. Uh, every time I watch the Lions play, uh, they're often – I mean, they're, they're consistently – calling the right plays and it's working. I mean, he is, he is very good at what he does. And uh, I, like, like I said, he's going to be a top head coaching candidate uh, for this upcoming season. And I, I love him and I would be excited to have him in Carolina, but uh, I think that this game could be a, an audition for, for both of those guys in Carolina. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Obviously the Panthers defense is going to have to play better um, <laughs> than they did versus Mitch Trubisky or this game might not be very close, but uh, I think it's going to be at the very least cold. (laughs) And uh, I know you, you and your family will be out there at one of the coldest games ever recorded in a Carolina Panthers history. So I'm, I'm praying for you and I I hope you make it through and don't get frostbite, but, but uh, you got some good seats. So I'm I'm sure you're going to, You'll be just fine. The blood, the blood would be flowing. Well, you know, you got, you can't forget. I, I mean, I'm already accustomed. I mean, it's been a while since I've been at Lambeau, but I've been in negative degree. I've been at the Tom Coughlin game where his cheeks were red for like a week. Yeah, so <laughs> I think I'll be all right. But yeah, it's supposed to be. I mean, according to the Charlotte meteorologist. Brad, I don't know his last name, but he's saying it, it could be the coldest sharp, the coldest game ever at Bank of America Stadium. So 
Should be fun. Should be, you know, it's going to be, it kind of fits into Carolina's MO as an offense, you know, that ground and pound in December, cold, tough mentality yeah. that they need to get back to. Mm-hmm. And I think it fits them. Um, and, you know, that that could hinder Jared Goff a little bit, I think. Um, but again, like you said, that offense, <laughs> their offense is playing at a pretty high level. And, you know, they went and beat a, a tough defensive New York Jets team last week. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a it's a tough game to bounce back from when you're playing yeah. a hot team. I think Detroit's won the last six or seven, I think it is. Yeah. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me. But they're they're a hot team right now and they're not one you want to be playing. Um yeah. and so, I was I was listening to one of my favorite personal favorite podcasts, part of my take. And uh, they had Brian Baldinger on and who does all the great tape breakdown um, and he mentioned the Lions as a as a team around the league that people are talking about that nobody wants to see in the playoffs because they're so dangerous on offense. And I think that this is going to be a good measuring stick for this defense to see if they do have a bounce back game and how well they can play. Uh, obviously, I think it'll be important to have C.J. Henderson back and not have Keith Taylor out there because Ben Johnson is going to dial up some plays to go Keith Taylor's way if he's out there. And they're probably going to test C.J. too. To, to see if he's having one of his, uh, you know, staple bad games that he has every now and then. So it's going to be a, an exciting game, hopefully. Hopefully it's not a blowout. Um, and then hopefully Sam Darnold protects the ball and we can get the run game going and we get back to the type of game that we played in Seattle. Yeah, Carolina needs to have the type of game they had after the Cincinnati loss. What scares me is after that loss – they played an NFC South team, the Atlanta Falcons, and ended up winning at home. They're playing a team that isn't in the NFC South, yeah. which scares the hell out of me. I don't, I don't think fans is going to be as much as an issue as the what it was when Pittsburgh came to town. Because I'm not sure if Detroit travels that well. I, I don't know. I've been, I, I think I've been to a Detroit Lions Packer game, but I'm not, not sure how they travel outside of the NFC North. So I feel like that could play into a little bit of favor for Carolina. And it's, you know, it's on Christmas Eve, Saturday game. It's cold as hell, which might keep some Panther fans away. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, um, I'll tell you what, up to this point, and we'll get to our picks here right now. And I'll let you go first, but I'll just tease it. I am not picking the Panthers the rest of the season. So with that, you can go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I I think you know, it, like you mentioned, it's going to be cold. Uh, the Lions play in the dome. Uh, Jared Goff is a California quarterback. Um, I don't know. It, it, I'm hoping it goes our way, obviously, but. The offense scares me. I think that they're better coached. I think that, well, schematic-wise, I think they're better coached. And I think they have more talent overall in the offense than Carolina does. Um, They have two great running backs. They have three or four good receivers. Um, And they Well, they lost their tight end, Hawkinson, but uh, Jared Goff is playing really well. So I think if the defense can consistently get pressure with four, which is something they haven't been able to do all year, uh, if that magically – changes in this game, then Carolina has a legitimate chance to win. But I, I you know, I would take the Lions in this game uh, points-wise, whatever. I think they're favored by three. 
if I'm not mistaken, I would, you know, I would take the Lions. Uh, I think that they are going to win the game. I just think that the offense is going to be too much. So I, I would say Lions 27, uh, Panthers 17. My bad. I was trying to pull up the see what DraftKings Sportsbook got on this game. Yeah, they're favored. Lions are favored by three on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, um, kind of talked about it a little bit, but defense is going to have to have a bounce back game. Offensive line's got to play better. I said it last week. Panthers are going to need the run game again. I said it. They needed a run game against the Steelers. They're going to need it again. Versus the Lions. And, you know, teams, it's no secret Carolina likes to run the ball. So they're gonna they're gonna load the box up and force Sam Darnold to get the throw. And that means they might need to open up that playbook a little bit more and let him sling it. And I know that is not a good sentence to start off with is Slam Darnold slinging it, but that might what need to happen if you know they're loading the box up, and that's just too damn bad because we saw what happened last week when you know, when the run game wasn't there. So it's going to be tough there. I mean, they got sharp. They got uh, St. Brown, who's playing at a really high level. Uh, the rookie who's coming off an injury, Jameson Williams, who's starting to become more into the fold. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, those guys are not easy to come down with at all. I think Carolina needs to dial up the blitz. They need to play press, none of this zone shit. Play press and make Jared Goff beat you with his arm. I think they have a chance. It's the only way I think they beat them. And put, and I don't know how many times this has to be said, and I don't, I get it. There's different coverages they have to play. You put JC Horn on their best fucking wide receiver. It takes a Madden player to figure that out. Like, get your shit together. Put J.C. Horn on St. Brown, shadow him the whole game. There's no reason why he wasn't on Pickens the entire game last week. Pickens tore them up in the first half. They put J.C. Horn on him in the second half. And then Deontay Johnson whooped Keith Taylor's ass in the second half. And that's just how the game plan worked. But you forced them to get to these other guys, the Sharks of the world, the Williams, and some of those other guys. That's the I think the game plan they need to come in with. Obviously, the offensive line has to play better. Uh, you know, um, the run game has to get going, and Sam Darnold needs to you know pull the trigger a little bit too running the ball. I know he mentioned that today in his press conference that he had a couple opportunities to run the ball. That needs to happen. Um, yeah, but ultimately, I think they do lose this game. I think it's going to be too much for them. Um, let's see. What are the what are the Lions? What are they looking at for these last couple? I like to look at the last couple of games they played. Blew out the Jaguars forty to fourteen. Beat the Vikings thirty four twenty three, and then beat the Jets twenty to seventeen. And they lost a close one to Buffalo, <laughs> which is probably a Super Bowl team this year. Um, I will go. Fuck, man, this is tough. I'll go 27-17, Lions win. 
That's what I, that's, that was my score. Oh, was that? I'm sorry. I didn't even know. <laughs> See, I didn't even know what you hey, did. No, that's okay. Hey, we'll, we'll both 27, take it. 27, 7. Well, no, last time we were on the same – well, maybe that is a good thing. Last time we were on the same page, they ended up losing. So, yeah, maybe maybe our maybe it'll turn the tide. But And uh, and, and just to mention real quick, this game really is a must-win for Carolina to, to keep their playoff hopes alive because the Bucks play the Cardinals with – you know, I think it would be Trace McSorley playing because Colt McCoy, I believe, is hurt. So the and Bucks, the Bucks are, are coming off a loss too. They're yeah, not. the Bucks are going to win their game, uh, and the Panthers have to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. So, you know, hopefully they prove us wrong and um and, and keep it alive. And actually, the Bucks are coming off of a two game skid. They're not losing that game. No. They're not. I don't. Care. I don't care if it was Kyler Murray playing there. I don't think they're losing that game. Um, that's tough to get Tom Brady three games in a row. So, yeah, it, I I would I would agree with you. I think it's a must win um, because Carolina's got division games the last two weeks, and playing the Saints and New Orleans is not going to be easy. I don't care who's playing, yeah, and how bad they're playing. So that's in a tough stretch. But before we go, I did want to mention this because I thought of it while I was talking about the Lions game. Um, the call in the red zone and everyone has been talking about it. The Ben McAdoo, I think it was a quarterback draw on a third and eight or a third and five on the goal line. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> that was, that was a, that was one of the worst calls in several games for this team offensively. Just a piss poor call all around. Um, I get it. I think there was a call last week where they, you know, Sam could have probably ran it in. I think it was. I think that's, yeah. I think it was the last game prior to the Steelers game where Sam could have ran it in probably for the touchdown in Seattle. But you, the way, the way offensively the team was moving, that was just, it was a bad call and it was a wasted play. You got to take your shots, uh, spread it out. And, and and have Sam try to find the open guy because that was that was one of the I th- was one of the worst calls I think offensively they've had in a number of weeks. Yeah, I agree. I I, I you know I kind of didn't know what the hell was happening when it happened because I was sitting at the opposite end of the stadium and getting the the back end view of it. But yeah, I just. I was just speechless after it. I mean, Ben McAdoo is Ben McAdoo. He is not a good offensive coordinator. Um, he has his his streaks of calling competent plays every now and then, but just no create no creativeness. He's not going to out scheme anybody. Um, there's no advantage when you have Ben McAdoo as your offensive coordinator. So, just really not surprised that that's something that he would call in that situation. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I feel like, you know, McAdoo is here because it's really hard to dial up a new offense midseason. So it's kind of, you know, Wilkes is just kind of dealing with what he's dealing, you know, the cards he's dealt with. Yeah. So that's been frustrating. But, yeah, that was just a bonehead play call. I just I had to bring it up because I know it's been talked about a lot uh, over the last couple of days. But. We'll leave it at that. We just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can get our episode wherever you get your podcasts. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 